This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about zucchini. This is episode 447. I cannot believe it's taken us this long to get to zucchini. Um, No, this was one of those uh, where a a listener wrote in. uh, Did I write down who the listener was? uh, You did not. Hang on. We we were off to such a strong start. And then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here we are, like. 13 seconds into recording. We're off to a great start. Okay. Episode suggestion. Zucchini. Adrian. Thank you, listener Adrian. So so listener Adrian wrote in and said, uh, hi, would you consider doing an episode on zucchini? And as soon as I read this, I'm like, okay, this is going to be one of those where I'm going to pull up the zucchini episode and send her the link and then sit back smugly as if I had just like sent my grandma the, the, uh, you know, let me Google that for you link. So I went to find our zucchini episode and found that there wasn't one. (laughs) So here we are. And I'm particularly excited about this because, so we are recording, it's it's the first week of July. Is it still the first week of July? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Anyway, this is airing at the end of July, but right now my zucchini plant in my yard is going off. And it's, uh, <laughs> it is one of the most satisfying things that's ever happened to me. It's putting people on blast. It's, uh, <laughs> what? Like, the, like taking someone down, like gets a new term like every week and I can't keep up. Well, anyway, I'm never I'm never taking this zucchini plant down, even though it's an annual and it's going to die after it does its thing this year. Oh, I'm just going to keep it in. The, I don't yeah. think I knew that. I think it is. I think pretty much all vegetables are annuals, although oh. actually I'm pretty sure some listeners are, are going to absolutely <laughs> prove me wrong in this because like I think about herbs and stuff. Those are a lot of those are perennials. Yeah, like a like a rosemary bush, like those those are around right. all the time. Or in my time. opinion, yes, <laughs> yeah, or time, or time. We should also let people know we're recording at night. We are for we the never first do time this. in quite a while. Like we 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 would record uh, Dire Desires at night, of course. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes also ten a.m. But this show, like like if you notice, like there's that there's a frisson hanging in the air. It's because we're recording this at the very erotic hour of uh, 7.30 p.m. I wondered what that free song was. Uh, now you know. 
Now I know. Um, anyway, I'm really excited to be talking about zucchini because, well, so this is the first year that I have tried growing any real edible things in my yard. You've been growing and, some fake, some fake shit. Yeah, I've been growing some, past, some fake plastic trees in my yard. <laughs> um, anyway, but no, this is the first year, and so I have one zucchini plant, and I had no idea how prolific. I mean, I know that zucchini is famously prolific. But this really has lived up to its reputation, and I love it, and I'm so excited for the rest of my life of growing zucchini. But you are going to have to replant it every year? I think. Okay. I, you would think I would have pinned this down in researching this episode, but I didn't. No, it's okay. No, we Probably just... you have to save a zucchini <laughs> from this year in your root cellar and then plant it next spring. Actually, Matthew, you'll see as we as we proceed into the knowledge that I acquired for this episode that it is uh, it's, it can be uh, a bit dangerous to save seeds from your zucchini to plant. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm excited. The, the frisson. Is danger. It is. Anyway, so okay, wait. Let's start out where we always start. Let's let's traipse down memory lane, shall we? Okay. You have written on the agenda here the phrase <laughs> the ratatouilles of my youth. Mm-hmm. Should we dive right into that? Because sure, that's sure. I feel one of the wildest phrases I've ever I know, heard. I feel called out. Well, so both of my parents liked to make ratatouille, but they made it differently. Sure. I think it's yeah. fair to say that everyone's parents, like, that, that whenever, whenever a family comes together, whatever the form of that family, it's the, yeah. the merging of various of ratatouille, ratatouille styles. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, my dad did this thing where he would cut up all the different vegetables for it. He would put them in a brown paper grocery bag, add a couple tablespoons of flour, and shake it up. And oh. then, yeah, so he was like, almost like you would um, lightly dust something in flour before pan frying it. Or like like a shake and bake. Like a shake and bake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that? Anyway, yeah. So then he would brown off these vegetables. And he also swore that the ratatouille or that the, that the flour helped kind of thicken up the tomatoey sauce. But I don't think it really needs any help thickening. Like, it, it's okay, not yeah. like there's that much tomatoey sauce going on. You anyway. know what else it's like? At, I think, multiple fast food places in Japan, you can get fries along with, like, a flavored powder. And, like, like you pour the powder into the bag and shake it up. And you yeah. like, get, like, a, like, soy think- sauce flavor or, like, other flavors. I always get the soy sauce flavor. Well, he made flour-flavored vegetables. That sounds <laughs> and, great. Yeah. That's, that's where we were at in the 80s. Yeah. Anyway, my mom, on the other hand, didn't do this flouring technique. and But yeah, they made a lot of this stuff. Anyway, so I think of that being the primary use for zucchini in our household. Although I think when, like when roasting became a thing... Thank Barbara you, Barbara Kafka's, Kafka. Yes. Yes. That's like... Every once in a while, like like right now, for example, I will think about that book and how and how wacky it was that it was a whole book where you where you turn the oven to five hundred degrees and you roast and, stuff and like and your smoke alarm goes off and and like uh, you have to leave. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but you know, whenever that came out, my parents started also roasting vegetables, and I remember zucchini was like always on the uh, the roasting rotation. But that makes sense. I I think as a kid, I wow, this is really a scintilla revelation about me that as a child I kind of confused like yellow crookneck squash with zucchini <laughs> God, can you believe that uh, Who the and fuck you were did I and you were I ridiculed was? on the playground for this I was I yeah. was yeah 
Okay. Uh, anyway, remember last how last week we talked about how if I had a time machine, I would use it to to settle an old old uh, preschool playground score. Yeah, you would go now back this and is, tell this me. This is your chance. You, you, yeah, you would go, go back. back. Yeah, tell little Molly, hey, no, zucchini is not the same as those yellow crookneck squash. But there is yellow zucchini, right? Exactly. That okay. is a related hybrid to the, okay. the the green zucchini we we usually think of. Yeah. Wait. So is a is a yellow zucchini what happens when a green zucchini and a yellow crookneck squash love each other very much? <laughs> what happens is they rub their bodies together and it feels really good. Okay. And then they have a really like extra good feeling that's like a sneeze. <laughs> Wait, what's this from? <laughs> you don't remember the book? Like where is did it, I come uh, from? It was like the Peter Mail like book? No, no, this no? was a book for kids okay. about where no, babies I, obviously come from. I do remember it because as soon as you started saying that I'm like this sounds familiar. Yeah, it had these adorable little illustrations of this very happy looking sort of sort of cartoony looking people who would jump into a bed together i think you could see their toes yeah and it would say they would rub their bodies together i think it did say that a penis went into a vagina <laughs> didn't say who's <laughs> sure <laughs> anyway but it described an orgasm <laughs> no, as no. being like it did a say sneeze. it did say who's it gave their their names and social security <laughs> numbers <laughs> Uh, anyway, but yeah, it, it described an orgasm as being like, you know, when you can feel a sneeze building up, <laughs> you finally sneeze. That's kind of true, right? kind of true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes the sneeze goes away and then you're sort of like, uh, that's oh. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> anyway. In either case. Right? Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, we are, uh, we're not going to be talking about, in general, about <laughs> yellow squashes. <laughs> Or where babies oh, these are, come right. from today. Okay. So I kind of think we probably are going to end up talking about at least one of those things. Yeah, probably the yellow squashes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what about your memory lane? How did you um, learn where babies come from? Oh, okay. So we definitely watched like the, uh, the well, I guess this isn't like where babies come from per se, but we watched like the Miracle of Birth video. Was that in, the one where, where you see a baby being born? Oh, yes. I, I thought that this was like some sort of apocryphal idea when I was a kid. Like, I, I don't think we ever saw it, but I heard about it. And I wasn't sure Oh, yeah, sure no, we definitely it watched it. It was, it was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Were you like, <laughs> I am never going to be at childbirth ever? No, I think I already had the sense at that point that like, oh, I get the easy part. Mm-hmm. That's um, good of you, Matthew. So, yeah. I'm glad you. I'm glad you realized that and could acknowledge it openly. Yeah, I did. Anyway, okay, but wait a minute. Sorry, sorry. What about zucchini? <laughs> oh, um, I definitely remember, like you know, steamed and roasted zucchini, maybe sautéed also. Usually, like in some sort of vegetable medley. I think. Why in sex ed classes? Why do they? <laughs> why do they use a banana to demonstrate putting on a condom? Because it seems to me that a zucchini oh, would be point. better. I think bananas are very inexpensive. Yes. Okay. That's true. Definitely more inexpensive than zucchinis. Uh, yeah. I, I'm realizing now, like, I, I know approximately how much bananas cost, but I haven't bought zucchini as like, recently. I mean, you can get bananas for 79 cents a pound, and you definitely right. can't yeah, get zucchinis. Yeah, sometimes on sale for like 49 cents. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, yeah, you wouldn't pay 49 cents a pound for zucchinis. No. And that's, okay. and that's why, I mean, maybe if they put condoms on the, on the zucchinis, they would last longer. <laughs> okay. All right, so anyway, <laughs> you remember it as a frozen vegetable blend. 
Zucchini, yeah, I think I mean. so. Which I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Judy Amster, when I was growing up, would would cook. F- uh, fresh zucchini also it was never a vegetable that made much of an impression and to this day still has not okay i see that you wrote here on the agenda that it was a frequent side dish when you and now, watzel were younger that's true and i'm not sure how this started exactly whether this was like a preparation that Lori brought to the relationship but i remember we would often get a zucchini and slice it into coins and saute it with olive oil and usually like uh, then sprinkle a little uh parmesan on it which is mm-hmm. which is good it is good and you want to cook it like the thing about zucchini is it has a lot of water and mm-hmm. water doesn't have a lot of flavor and so i think the best ways to cook zucchini are the ones that that get rid of a bunch of water mm-hmm. how do you tell when when your sauteed zucchini or your roasted zucchini is done do you do you look for it to you know how there's this this moment when the in- when it's interior like a sneeze. when the interior flesh switches from looking <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you so sw- far switches from looking like <laughs> opaque and sort of pale greenish white to mm-hmm. looking slightly more like translucent and more kind of yellowy yes yes gets, i do know what you mean Sorry. i was i was I was you listening and also about trying where to think. Come from. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking about like yeah, like the the, the internal flesh that's turning from like light green to. <laughs> this is this is some sort of like like alien sex fantasy, and that's okay, right, um, everyone? Yes, yeah. Like when it when it starts when it starts to get kind of translucent and and you can like you can see it getting more tender, and then also like when I'm sautéing it, I want like some like brown spots. Yeah. Anything else about memory lane? No, I think that's it. Okay. We have a, we have an impressive list of ways that we we cook zucchini, but first I want to talk a little bit about the history of zucchini. And when Molly and, says we, she means an impressive, impressive list of, way, of ways she cooks zucchini. I love zucchini. No, no, I know. Um, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't mean no, to no, bag no. on zucchini. No, like, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not fine. I'll putting take zucchini, all the zucchini on blast to the extent that it that it may sound. I just don't have strong feelings about it one way or the other. But I think that in part, when I cook, I tend to cook food that is less highly seasoned than you. Yeah, I think that's true. In general, I don't think of zucchini showing up in as many of the, in many dishes in the cuisines that you usually cook. These really like high flavor cuisines. I mean, I don't think, I'm sure I think you're right. You know what I mean? I feel like zucchini is a vegetable for those of us who who really can appreciate bland things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I would like to I would like to have a greater appreciation of bland things. I'm serious. I, lo- I, lo- I love bland things. I get such- so today at lunch, I had two zucchinis from my garden that I had just cut up and I cooked them in olive oil with some salt until mm-hmm. they were, you know, getting soft and and lightly browned. And I just put a little bit more salt on them and ate them with my lunch. I was so into it. I had some zucchini in my dinner, and I think I think that what I did with it is going to kind of illuminate <laughs> okay. uh, the okay. the two styles of cooking that they were discussing. Because I put zucchini into my yakisoba. Um, oh, okay. Which I which I with, along with some cabbage, like stuff I found in the fridge, cabbage onion, carrot, and I seasoned it with a sauce that I made from like commercial tonkatsu sauce and soy sauce and mirin and homemade chili oil. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. And, and I threw some uh, some meat in there also. Oh my God, that sounds really good. Okay, well, 
Hold on. We'll come back to this. But okay. first, I want to get real deep into into zucchini. Is is this um, going to be a botany lesson? Because I am I am all in for that. I don't know if it's really going to be a botany lesson, but it's going to be a zucchini lesson. Okay. Okay. So anyway, in some other places, it is called a courgette. Uh, yes. I think they actually refer to it as a courgette in Canada, right? And certainly uh, in maybe. France. Uh, maybe Canadian another- listeners... Apparently in the UK, uh, in South Africa, some other Anglophone countries, they refer to it as a marrow. Yeah, I think maybe in Australia, because um, my my mom, when I was growing up, let's go back to memory lane for a moment, would always get the uh, Australian Women's Weekly cookbooks. Are you familiar with this? No. It's a series of like, you know, you know how like when something is like partway between a magazine and a book, it's like a thick magazine that that sells for like $12. (laughs) Sure. Um, that's that's Australian Women's Weekly, and like it would be so it would be like theme issues that were sort of like magazine format cookbooks, and uh, so you know Australian Women's Weekly, uh, you know soups and stews, and I would it would enjoy reading them because the recipes were really good, and also like it had Australian names for all the ingredients. I think marrow was one of them. Hmm. I remember a long time ago, around the time that I, I first started hearing about Rancho Gordo beans. Mm-hmm. They used to carry regularly a type of bean called a marrow bean. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, it's interesting how many different foods the word marrow shows up with. That's true. It's not not just for bones. Not just for bones anymore. (laughs) Anyway, all right. So can you help me pronounce uh, the the species of of, that is zucchini? I was hoping you would know. I mean, it's cucurbita. Cucurbita pepo. Is it pepo or pepo? It, it's really fun to say either way. Let's oh, let's just kind of toggle back and forth between Peppo and Peepo. Great. Okay. Well, whatever the species is, it contains some other squashes and pumpkins. Zucchini, of course, can be light or dark green, striped, or even, as we discussed earlier, sort of a deep orangey yellow. And like all squash, zucchini's ancestors originated in Mesoamerica. Okay. Okay, Matthew, can you pronounce... So its original name in Nahuatl is... Why are you making me pronounce Because before, in, in <laughs> other episodes, you have... Pre- when we did the tamal... Did we do a tamales episode? Or Not like yet. a masa We're thinking, episode? When you... Tortillas, maybe? You pronounced a word in Nahuatl, and I was so impressed with your... Was it like, like Nick's tamalization? Yeah, but I think but everybody can say Nick's tamalization. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, okay... So uh, in Nahuatl, its original name was... Oh, it was the avocado episode. A, I'm not even going to try. Ioconetl? I, I, think, I think that is a, as good a try as we're going to get today. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, what we actually know as zucchini today, like this green cylindrical summer squash, was actually like developed and cultivated in Italy. So, you know, its ancestors were taken by Europeans back to back to Europe. And then in northern Italy, they developed a, you know, a, a version that we now know as zucchini. Okay. I'm realizing as you say this, that I don't think I understand what the difference between summer squash and winter squash is. Even oh, though like really? winter squash was our second episode. No, I mean like, you know, morphologically I do, but I did not realize that like a summer squash and a winter squash could be the same species. 
it does seem crazy that it would be the same species. You would think same family, but yeah, I was I sort of imagined that like the summer squash were all like things like a cucumber, and the winter squash were all things like a pumpkin, but apparently not. You know, Matthew, here's the here's the part of the show where we remind our listeners that we get a lot of our information from Wikipedia. Okay, and so there is a chance I I did I had the same thought when I was reading about this, and I definitely thought to myself, I wonder if it is incorrect that these are all the same species. Maybe they meant to write family or... No, you're absolutely... What you wrote down is absolutely correct. So summer squash are squashes that are harvested when immature while the rind is still tender and edible. Nearly all summer squashes are varieties of cucurbita pipo, though not all cucurbita pipo are summer squashes. Hmm... Most summer squash have a bushy growth habit, oh. uh, unlike the rambling vines of many winter squashes. Oh, huh. Interesting. Okay, this makes sense. I'm a, uh, I'm a well, rambling and, vine. And I'm sure you've had the experience of seeing like a really large zucchini that somebody has, you know, let oh, grow yeah, in their garden, right? That, well, okay, well, so the rind on that gets thicker and the flesh gets much harder. It gets much denser. Have you noticed that? I don't think I knew that at all. And it makes so much sense. It's definitely not near. I mean, it's not like cutting into a kabocha squash or something like that. It's but not, could not you like make... That. A zucchini jack-o'-lantern. If you had to. If you had to. Yeah, if you had to, for sure. If like this Halloween, things have gotten even worse and all we have is one big dumb zucchini. I'll bring you half of it and you can can jack-o'-lantern it. With half a zucchini? That's even sadder than the scenario I was already proposing. But if if it's really that bleak, Matthew, you are going to be real happy to get that half a zucchini. That's right. We're going to jack-o'-lantern it, and then like when it starts to rot and soften, then we're going to eat it. Yep. Anyway, so um, what we think of as a zucchini today was first cultivated, as I said, in northern Italy in the second half of the 1800s. But oh, interestingly, that seems pretty recent. It's pretty recent, right? I mean, that's like after um, your dad invented Altoids, <laughs> yeah. which is I, like I, that's how I divide the world. <laughs> like BC and then AC. The A stands for Altoids. Yeah, and the and the, what does the C stand C, for? Uh, Altoids <laughs> created. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, before creation and Altoids <laughs> created. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we figured that out. But okay, interestingly enough, zucchini, you know, was not cultivated until about 300 years after squashes were first introduced into Europe from the Americas. So squash, oh. squash was kicking around in Europe for a while before the thing that is zucchini was developed. Is that because someone, was that like like a new variety that popped up? Or was it like someone realized, hey, we could pick this before it's ripe and it'll be good? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, it could have been like a, an accidental hybrid. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? For the But f- like for the first couple hundred years, they were just using them for jack-o'-lanterns, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Early varieties of zucchini were named after like nearby towns in Italy. Which, oh, you're you going to share I some, right? I'm not going to share any, actually. What? I didn't, I didn't see any listed. I should have done a zucchini name quiz. <laughs> okay. And then we yeah. could have figured out how many Italian Italian town names you know. Like, I could have been like, oh. Buca di Beppo. <laughs> and you would have been like, <laughs> Real. true. I've been there. <laughs> so anyway, the word zucchini is a plural of zucchino which is a diminutive of zucca, which is Italian for pumpkin or squash. Okay, that makes sense. 
Yeah. I didn't get into masculine or feminine. There was a part about it in Wikipedia, and I thought, you know what? I'm not getting into the gender of this in Italian. Of the, of the word or the, the, word. Or the plant? The word. Okay. No, the word. The first records of zucchini in the U.S. Uh, date back to the 1920s, and it okay. was almost certainly brought over by Italian immigrants. Uh, hooray for immigrants. Yeah, and, I, I um, imagine broccoli probably came over around the same time. Is broccoli also from Italy? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense with the name of it, I guess. It was probably first cultivated in the U.S. in California, interestingly enough. I would have thought it would have been the the East Coast, given that it came over from Italy. Hmm. I have no opinion on that. (laughs) Great. Okay. Anyway, but let's get into the botanicals of this. Oh, I love like. The botany of this. Oh, I thought you meant we were going to like add some like 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 fruity fragrances to our shampoo. Okay. Okay. Botanically, uh, zucchini is, of course, a fruit. It has seeds. It's a type of berry called a pepo or a pepo. Everything turns out to be a type of berry. Everything's a berry. It's the swollen ovary of the zucchini flower. I'm just here to say I'm really glad my ovaries don't swell up like that. Yeah, I mean, count, yeah, count your blessings. Most fruits are swollen ovaries. Yes. But uh, this one can reach up to one yard or about one meter in length when mature. See, you don't, wow. you don't want an ovary like that. No, definitely not. But as you have mentioned, it's usually harvested when it's still immature. It's usually harvested between six and ten inches in length. And at that point, the seeds are still soft. Like, sometimes you hardly even notice the seeds if it's small enough, right? That's true. No, I cut up a whole zucchini and threw it into the yakisoba, and I did not notice any seeds. Sometimes, like, when you cut, when you cut it into coins and saute it, like, you can sort of see when the flesh becomes translucent, like, the seeds reveal themselves. Yes, yeah. Pretty cool. But it's definitely, the seeds are less prominent than in like crookneck, like yellow squash, right? Where you've got kind of a big belly that's got a lot of seeds. And much less prominent than in like uh, a peach. Yes. (laughs) That's a very (laughs) prominent seed. Yeah. Um, Speaking of prominent seeds, this year we absolutely like harvested the shit out of the sour cherry tree out in front of the neighbor's house. That's so exciting. So successful. Don't turn me in for illegal I was going to say, are you allowed to do that? I doubt it, but no one else was. So there's a house on on my block that has been uh, vacant for like eight months. I I think it's Mm -hmm. like wildly overpriced or something. Anyway, it's been vacant for uh, eight eight or so months. And I'm in a squat. No, it's got this kind of little driveway. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like a little gravel parking spot out front. And Mm -hmm. I noticed that it had little alpine strawberries uh, growing like out of the gravel. And so I talked with Ash about it. And I was like, I think I want to go like dig up some of those alpine strawberry plants. And June overheard us talking and she was like, I don't think you should do that. And I was like, oh, anyway, I did it one day when she was inside doing something else and I was out working in the yard by myself. I dug up three of them. There are like a dozen little tiny plants and they're all sending out runners. Anyway, I dug them up. I planted them in my yard. I don't know if they'll survive. Don't tell on me, Matthew. Isn't it, isn't it the, the worst how like you want your kid to have a sense of right and wrong, but then but when then they you, do, it's so fucking annoying. Yeah, I was like, June, I want I'm at a, the house is vacant. It's yes. fine. I mean, I've consoled myself with the thought that who knows what the new owners might someday do with those strawberry plants. Like, I'm carrying on the legacy of of this lady who used to live there. 
Yeah, you're also carrying on a, a legacy of larceny. Yeah. Did you explain to her the concept of usufruct, which doesn't apply here whatsoever? What does it even mean? Usufruct is the is the principle in English common law that uh, anyone is allowed to harvest fruit that's like hanging over the public right of way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that applies here. Is, does that apply to your cherries? Uh, well, it's, they're on the planting strip. So, okay. I mean, this being Seattle, I think it's like whatever the law says doesn't really matter. It's like, is your neighbor going to post about you on next door? Yeah. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As you may have been able to deduce about me at this point, I've become the kind <laughs> you, of person... You are a criminal. <laughs> I've become the kind of person who goes out and, and observes her garden multiple times a day to see if right. there's like a zucchini that is ready to be harvested or if the strawberry plants have died yet. Well, and also to see if your neighbors are as lawless as you and are coming to steal your zucchinis. That's true. That's true. I have to monitor things. Uh, mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen. Anyway, one thing that I have found really cool in growing zucchini and learning about it is the plant makes male and female flowers. Okay. And you can tell the difference pretty easily. The the male flowers grow on stems, like you might imagine, like about the thickness of like a tulip stem. But the female flowers grow on what looks like stubby little zucchinis. They're like proto-zucchinis. Ooh. Yeah. And the flowers open up and the flowers need to be pollinated almost always by bees. I think that other insects can do it as well. But you know how bees have hairy legs, right? Yeah. Oh, they they like pollen sticks to their legs? The pollen from the male flowers sticks to their legs and then they go over to a female flower and they pollinate her. Now, you can also pollinate by hand. Uh, Thankfully, I have not had to do that. My zucchinis have have pollinated. Why do you say thankfully? Is because that would gross you out? No, it's just I think I would have to like watch a YouTube video about how to do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't seem rough. like it would be hard. It, yeah, I mean, God, going on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but so if the flower uh if the female flower does not get pollinated, the the ovary will just shrivel up and drop off. So Okay. But anyway, so what happens when it is pollinated, when the female flower is pollinated, it it shrivels up and then the fruit beneath it starts to swell and to grow. And it takes only like a week after pollination for the fruit to get up to six inches long. Wow. So when no, people talk really about cool. like, you know, how they can hear their zucchinis growing. They mean it. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, but it's interesting. I mean, if you think about it, this makes sense. The male flowers are longer lived. Like if you 
if, if you're going to pick it and you want it to still be fresh and you're going to eat it, you've got kind of a longer window of time with the male ones because the female ones shrivel up after they've been pollinated. So do you mean you mean if you want to eat the flowers? If you want to eat the flower. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched a video of bamboo growing in real time? No. Uh, I recommend are you, are it. Are you doing it right now? Yeah, no, I'm Am not I paying attention boring? to this show at all. <laughs> I'm watching a, a video of bamboo growing at a, at a rate of like half an inch per hour. God, that's so exciting. Uh-huh. Um, well, the, if we keep going the way things are going, like, and we're just all at home all the time. I mean, well, those of us who are lucky enough to not have to go to a job outside the house, uh, we may have to plant bamboo and just watch it grow. Okay, I'm in. Okay. Anyway, but hold on, Matthew. There is danger lurking in the the cucurbitaceae family. Yeah, of course there is. Your your neighbors are trying to steal them. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so in this family, which of course includes like zucchini, pumpkins, cucumbers, there are these toxins called cucurbitacins. How would you say that? The way you said it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And, and of course, as you can imagine, these defend the plant from uh, from predators. And like a lot of poisons, they have a bitter taste to humans. Can you get high on them? I don't think you can get high on them. I think you can mm. die. But anyway, cultivated members of this family have been bred to not have a lot of it. However, if you, you know, if you happen to eat a, a member of this family that tastes especially bitter, don't eat it. If you happen it, to eat a member of this family <laughs> that tastes especially bitter, it's me. I was going to say, if you, if you happen to eat a member of my family, I would prefer not me. <laughs> but anyway, I can think of some people I would nominate. <laughs> but pumpkins that are not bred for eating, ornamental pumpkins, jack-o'-lantern okay, type yeah, pumpkins, yeah. okay? They can have a lot of this toxin. <laughs> And they can cross-fertilize with other plants that are, you know, hybrids that don't have a lot of the toxin. So uh, then, then you can wind up with a hybrid plant that has toxin production that's higher than you expect. Is this so, a thing I should wor be worried about? I don't think you should I'm worry about it. Because I'm not planning to start worrying about it. I don't think you should worry about it. However, I did see that for people who have uh, like an impaired sense of taste, and in particular oh. for the elderly... They should, or at least Wikipedia was like, elderly people should have other people taste their zucchinis first. <laughs> that explains so much about things that happened when I went to visit my grandparents. <laughs> and it, it did also say, it did also mention at least one elderly person who's died from poisoning of this toxin. Well, wait to bring one it down. In, it may be one person in the history of, of, of humankind, though, so who knows? Okay, well, I'm going to continue to to just like bite those... right into the Trader Joe's <laughs> zucchini with impunity. I think you'll be fine. Uh, and like, but... and like, if it's my time to go, like because I because I bit into a poison zucchini, yeah. like that's just the way it's got to be. Well, I hope that there's somebody around to eat you, so that your family doesn't have to deal with the body. Right, and also like now that I, I retract the thing I just said, I am going to have people taste my zucchinis from now on. Okay, <laughs> it's good to have a spouse. For these things, mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, uh, what I wanted to say is that, so apparently those of us who grow zucchinis, you're not supposed to save seeds from your zucchinis and oh. replant them in subsequent years because uh, apparently you never know whether the production of the toxin will be... Mm -hmm. I don't whatever. No, like a, like a like a reversion to the mean type of thing. Yeah. Anyway, and I, but um, and like really mean, like poison mean. So so mean, cruel even. 
Okay, well, Matthew, uh, this episode is already pretty long. Let's talk about cooking this thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot you could do that. I thought, yeah. it, was, I thought it was just like a uh, natural history exhibit. So anyway, uh, as you may have noticed, in the kitchen, we generally treat zucchini as a vegetable. As, yeah, opposed, like, to, as opposed to treating it as a fruit, which we do in all the other rooms. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, of course. Like I, I have in in my uh, parlor a fruit bowl, of course. <laughs> like well, zucchini do. in there, and right, like and it's got all the popular fruits: tomatoes, zucchini, <laughs> eggplant, cucumber, avocado, uh, avocado. Right, yeah. and uh, but then when I select a piece of fruit, a, a, a ripe specimen from the fruit bowl, I carry it from the parlor uh, into the kitchen. But by, by the time I get to the kitchen, it's a it's a vegetable. Ah, yes. Well, so, See, okay. I got a, as, I got a B minus in botany. As previously mentioned, uh, you can roast this thing. You can make ratatouille from it. You can saute it. Uh, let's talk about other things, Matthew. What else do you do with it? Okay, so not a whole lot. I do like a grilled zucchini. I don't personally grill, but, like, if someone were to grill me a zucchini, I would, but, I would be pleased. Okay. And, you know, other than that, like, are we talking about squash blossoms on this episode? Because, like, a, a fried squash blossom, yeah. whether stuffed or not, is delicious. Yeah, let's skip ahead to that. So, okay. of course, in Italian cuisine, you often run into fried zucchini blossoms. Yeah. Sometimes stuffed with, with cheese, ricotta, other yeah, things. Yeah, they're, they're very, very delicate. And, uh, you know, if you get some at the farmer's market, you need to cook them pretty quick. I, I think mm -hmm. they're good sautéed also. Mm -hmm. um, I know that in some parts of Mexico, the flowers are used quite a lot, um, especially in soups and in yes. quesadillas. Interesting. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've had that before. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, so there are lots of different ways that I have prepared zucchini over the years. I think that there was a time when my mom served some like steamed zucchini when I was a kid. Oh, Maybe I think I had that too. The pre-roasting era. Yeah. When I used to come um, to your house when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah. So recently, um, actually, with the, the first two zucchinis that I cut off my plant were like six inches long. They were like beautiful little baby zucchinis. And I wound up, um, I decided I wanted to just taste them as they were. And so I was making pasta on those evenings. Mm -hmm. And I like dropped the zucchini in the, the well-salted pasta water before I cooked the pasta. And I cooked it until it was tender. And then I cut it up and tossed it with olive oil and salt. Yeah, you really and dropped the zucchini on that one. That was so delicious. And I think of that as um, something that I learned from... Well, I learned that from my friend Louisa Weiss, whose mother is Italian from northern Italy. Mm -hmm. um, and Louisa do, tends to do sort of more boiled vegetables than I would have ever thought of doing. And she highly recommended boiled zucchini. Which vegetables do I boil? That's a good question. I mean, like uh, uh, she shelling boils, beans. She boils chard. She uh, boils chard. Right? I mean, I just would have never thought to do that. But yeah. then you think... You think about like like you know you think about like whatever your vision of Italian I grandmother will cooking par is. Parboil chard. <laughs> you sound high right now. <laughs> wow, I well, will parboil chard. <laughs> I I just realized as I was starting to say it that par parboil chard. I will parboil chard. Um, this is our pirate episode. Like it, it was it was not an interesting thing to say in terms of content, but in terms of phonology, it was kind of interesting. The, the delivery was fascinating. So I, so I leaned into. It. Okay. Uh, Do other not things... lean into a pot, a boiling pot. That's very dangerous. 
So one of my very favorite ways to cook zucchini is something that Rachel Roddy, Rachel Roddy is a British woman who lives in Rome, who has written a couple of cookbooks and uh, writes for The Guardian, or at least did for a long time. And the way that she sort of got me cooking uh, zucchini was slicing it into coins and then warming some olive oil in a pan with um, with a few whole cloves of garlic. So just kind of infusing the oil with garlic, taking the garlic out before it browned okay. and then pan frying the zucchini or sort of sauteing it and then um, throwing in a few torn basil leaves at the end. Oh, that's great. It's sort of, it's delicious. It, um, Gives it, it's like sauteed zucchini, but with, use a little bit more olive oil than I would generally use. And it almost has like a a pesto taste, but is, you know, much simpler than that. Speaking of a lot of olive oil, isn't there like a maybe Provencal thing where you like like layer like yellow and green zucchini and like bake it like a casserole? Am I making this up? Is that a tian? A tian maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I, I always think of that as like a relative of ratatouille. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, similar. I also think of um, like, uh, so in Italian cooking, there is a technique where you pan fry something, not breaded, but just, you know, pan fry mm-hmm. something and then you marinate it in uh, in vinegar. Oh, sure. And like, I can't like remember. A, yeah. What is that called? It starts with a C. Totally drawing a blank, but it's a it's a technique, and it's served like room temperature. Yeah, I know what you anyway, mean. Anyway, I've had zucchini served that way. I think that I had sounds that good because because like I think I think I want I always want more acid with zucchini than a lot of zucchini dishes offer, and so that makes yeah. sense to me. So there's that. Uh, I'm sure our listeners will know the name of that technique. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, other thoughts. Oh, of course, stuffed zucchini. I never do this. Do you ever do that? Um, Stuffed zucchini, no. Although I feel like I have made this once. And I'm not sure what the recipe was. Have you have you done it? I have, have not. You stu- have you stuffed I'm, a zook? I'm not a big fan of like stuffing things. It always feels like more work than I... Than, Reward. We did an episode on stuffed foods, right? We did, we did. Uh, but we were talking right, then I made about stuffed shells. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm down with stuffing shells. For yeah. some reason, I've never gotten into stuffing vegetables, peppers. You know how often I've made stuffed shells since we did that episode? How I'll many? tell you. I still have the rest of that box of shells. Are you serious? Yeah. I think I've made them like four times during the pandemic. Maybe? Smart. Oh, anyway, so stuffed zucchini. I think of that as something that shows up well in many different cuisines, but particularly mm-hmm. in the Middle East. I think yeah. of like stuff being stuffed with lamb, maybe a rice mixture. That also really in the good. Middle East, like um, all sorts of interesting preparations of zucchini uh, on like kebabs or fried and then served with like a yogurty type dipping sauce. Yes. Yeah, fried zucchini is great because it's uh, like that's the, in that case, like the water is an asset, I think, because it's juicy. Yes. Yes. Kind of like and uh, very hot and very hot. It's just another way that zucchini is trying to kill you. There's it's the toxin. Like, um, there's the fried hot, okra, like the hot oil. Yeah, it's like fried okra. Okay, hold on. I want to be sure and mention like zucchini soup, like putting zucchini in soup, like either a pureed soup that would be a zucchini soup or uh, Ed Fretwell soup. As I've mentioned many times, usually uh, usually I put zucchini in that. Okay. I think it shows up in, in different versions of minestrone. Uh, Francis Lamb, a million years ago when he used to write for Gourmet, I just remember like that, you. Yeah. 
He wrote this recipe no, for... No, not like me. He did it much better than I did. Well, anyway. Uh, Francis Lamb, I think we can probably Google this and link to it, but he okay. made... Um, a pasta sauce that was made from long-cooked eggplant that you mash right. up. Yes, I do remember that. And I got super, super into this eggplant pasta. And then I decided, I think that's at some point that summer, I tried a version of it with zucchini. Because zucchini also, if you cook it that long, you can mash it. And yeah, sort it makes of sense. They're both it. very damp vegetables. Yes. Or so, fruits. The zucchini version wasn't quite as good, but it was still delicious. So if you've got a lot of zucchini and you're looking for something to do with it, uh, you might try this eggplant recipe, but wing it with zucchini. I don't like raw zucchini. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't, I want, don't either. I don't I mean, understand like serving it like with a dip. I, I don't want it in my salad. I I've don't. been thinking about this recently and like this could get, uh, should, we, should we have like a potentially controversial moment on the show? Oh God, to, let's do to, it. Uh, let's to do try it. and goose the ratings. Yeah. Um, like, should we just not eat salad? Oh. Like, is it, is it like an unnecessary risk? Because, like, mean in, t- in terms if of you're like. Gonna, if you're going to get like badly poisoned in the kitchen, like, salad is a very likely vector for that. And you can, all of the things in salad that are going to attack you are things that would easily be killed by cooking that's true although what about all those wonderful like soft lettuces like i can get with some no, like, I'm not grilled saying romaine I don't or something like salad i'm saying is it is, is, it is salad good enough that it is worth the risk i personally love a good salad like peak summer like all those like little heads of lettuce you know mm-hmm Love that shit. Like um, gem lettuces. Little gem lettuces. Little gem. Or like baby butter lettuces. I love sliced radishes. Then I like it if you've got an avocado and then you do a vinaigrette that's like I got was, some mustard. I was mustard. right there with you up until the avocado. Uh, anyway, I think that I would miss that stuff. I know. All right. So that was that was our, uh, our little controversy corner. Wow. That was super scintillating. I'm going to stick with eating uh, bitter zucchinis. <laughs> I, you know, actually, uh, Matthew, after after we wrap up this show, I've got some baby heads of lettuce from uh, the from my CSA to finish washing. Okay, there so we go. I'm going to go play with food poisoning later. Awesome. Uh, all right. Is that is that it for zucchini? You know, oh, oh, I think we have some listeners who will feel that we have uh, that we have left out an important use of zucchini, and that is I know what you're like going to say. Spiralized zucchini zoodles. Oh, really? They're called zoodles? Yeah, of course. I don't think I've ever eaten this. Have you? So there was one summer uh, when Brandon and I. I remember. <laughs> The summer we were, of the zoodling. No, we we never zoodled. Um, not but what I, I heard. I think we had like recently gotten a mandolin or something, mm-hmm. and so I do remember that summer discovering that we really liked it when we like mandolined into sort of a like strips the size of like a McDonald's French fry. Okay, yeah. When we when we cut up zucchini like that and sauteed it in some olive oil and then tossed that with spaghetti and pesto. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, you know this the same way that it's that it's kind of traditional to toss green beans in with your pasta and pesto. Yes. Oh, that's one of wife of the show Lori's favorite foods of all time. Yeah. So we did that with zucchini a lot one summer in particular. I think I wrote about it maybe in a homemade life. Probably. But but I've never had like a spiralizer, and I certainly have never I, I've never thought about like giving up pasta in favor of <laughs> zoodles. 
here's what I add the zoodles to my pasta. right. Here's what I want is I want like to have someone like within my care who is really into this so that I can be in charge of like, you know, churning out, spiralizing the things because that looks really fun. I don't necessarily want to eat it. But like playing, getting getting to like work with my hands and and make like, you know, sculptural frill, you know, frilly items out of my vegetables. Like I I will like I want to spiralize things all day. Well, Matthew, you know, I I think that if you really want to, you know, get really into decorative foods and things, it seems like like you're you're most of the way there with your Japanese cooking. I could take a class on vegetable and fruit carving. Yes, you're right. I I I could and should do that. I am really excited to be on the receiving end of this someday when I can see you in person again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I can't wait for my little tiny carrot flower. I can't wait either. Uh, All right. You can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com and facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. Please let us know what you like to do with zucchini that we didn't get to. Have you zoodled? Who have you zoodled? Yeah. Uh, Is that where babies come from? Right. We've been wondering. Is a zoodle like a sneeze? Did your, your sex ed teacher use a zucchini? Right. Good question. Yeah. Or, um... Or like a like a you know one of a skinny eggplant or a non skinny eggplant I don't know yeah condoms are a magnum eggplant stretchy up to a point I mean certainly could stretch around an eggplant because like I mean did you in your sex ed did your uh, teacher like inflate a condom like like make a water balloon condom water balloon like the size of a watermelon and then put like oil based lube on it to show why you shouldn't do that because I, I remember this demonstration I don't remember that. I do this might remember, have been like in college. I don't know. I, I do remember a condom being like, you know, sort of blown up or stretched a lot as a way of saying like, dudes, if you are saying that this thing is uncomfortable or too oh, tight. Oh, I see. Like, check out how stretchy it is. Like, really, mm-hmm. you're not big enough to make this complaint. Yeah, but then, but that is just like inviting some some kid to, to like raise their hand and say like, but I have a, you know, 17 inch wide penis. I <laughs> 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 Matthew, you've been waiting all episode to tell us that, haven't you? That's right. Yeah. And and uh three three inches long. It looks like a Chicago <laughs> deep dish pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's got tomato sauce on top. On top of the cheese. <laughs> I know that's the craziest what thing about it. God's name <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And the good the good news is it takes like forty five minutes to bake. <laughs> oh, I bet the ladies love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are in it for the long haul. Yeah, I mean, but once, like once you get it in. But it's it's the kind of thing like you're you're only gonna want to enjoy it like once a year at the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dumb. All right. Oh. I'm. Uh, what else? Our producer is Abby Circatella. Blurbity, blurbity. Uh, uh, I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> Deep dish forever. <laughs> Shit, bruh. This is some creamy paper. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.